Hi friends, it's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Good morning, Bridgewater Church. Hey, it is great to be with you, whether you follow us on a regular basis or you're brand new. We're so glad that you're here. And what perfect timing. We're in a mini-series for the next two weeks called Realign Your Mind. I can remember I was in college when I drove into a garage parking lot and I asked for the mechanic. He realized I was young, didn't know much about cars, And he came out and he said, what can I do for you? I said, sir, I don't know what's going on, but my my ride is not smooth. In fact, the car's pulling in one direction, and I don't understand what's going on. He said, well, look, let me take a look. And he went out, it took him 30 seconds. He said, you've got two tires on your car that the steel belt is wearing through. He goes, your car's unsafe. I said, well, what do I do? He said, you need four new tires. No college student wants to hear that. And then he said, you need to realize that you need an alignment. I said, well, what's an alignment? He said, we've got to get all four of your tires, not only balanced, but going in the same direction. Do you know how many times I've thought about that story And that life lesson, as I've been in a relationship with God, I've heard through friends and messages and reading God's word and prayer, I've heard God speak to me saying, Drew, it's time for a spiritual realignment. And that's what I want to talk about for two weeks. We're actually going to take a portion of Matthew's gospel in chapter 6, verses 19 through 34, and we're going to break it down into two pieces. And I want you to think of the the two-part series with these words. Think treasure and trust. Now, treasure in the Greek is really a, a concept of putting things together. Think treasure chest. God's given us all kind of resources. Time, he's given us talents, he's given us tithe or income. He's given us so much to share with one another. And God is saying, I've given you this treasure box, this treasure chest of all of these beautiful resources. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But next week, we'll talk about trust. And for now, just think of the idea of a compass and what it means to seek God. That'll be in, in a week. But for today... Let's get our minds realigned on our treasure, our resources. Specifically, I want you to think of the word stewardship. How does God want us to be stewards of the treasure that he gives to us? What does God want us to do with our time? What does God want us to do with our talents and abilities? What does God want us to do with our tithe and our resources in order to expand his kingdom. After all, God's given us all those things. He's the author of all of them. But how are we going to be the stewards of 
this treasure and realign our minds so that we're moving in God's direction. I'm going to break this out into three components and we'll begin with Matthew chapter 6 verses 19 through 21. Jesus said this, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. You know what? Some things have not changed. Not at all. In 2,000 years. The same things that destroyed the treasures, the earthly goods in Jesus' day, do the same thing now. Here, think about what Jesus said. Moths. Well, what do moths do? There are certain moths that get into our clothes and begin to bore holes in them. That's why I learned a lot from my wife when she said, we've got to store some of our clothes when we were young and didn't have a lot of room. And she said, I think we'll use some mothballs. And I said, okay. And she bought them at the store and brought them home. I said, these stink. Why would we put these in with our clothes? She said, we can wash the stink, the smell, but we can't do anything about the holes because there are moths that destroy all of our beautiful fashion statements called clothes. Well, Jesus said that's a problem in his day. But Jesus went on, and there's a specific word he uses in the Greek. It's brosis, and it meant two things. Now, depending on the translation you're reading in God's word, ours was vermin, but many translations use the word rust. Well, what's the idea? Brosis means an eating away. Now, think about rust. My daughter Mary looked at me the other day and she said, hey dad, you, you've got some holes starting to uh, creep into your bumper. And I got out and looked and I said, yeah. I said, the rust, little by little, was starting to eat away. She said, maybe you need a repair. And by the way, I've been checking on that. But think of it this way, and this is a little more gross. Brosis is vermin or insects or is it okay if I just tell you to think about maggots? I mean, that's where decay comes, not, in, not only in food, but even in our earthly bodies. So that's two things that Jesus uh, reminds the crowd of. But then he says thieves. He says thieves can break in and steal and destroy, especially in that day because Palestinian homes were made of dirt and mud. People would literally bore a hole in the wall, and take out the valuables. Do you mind if I put this all together in a literal translation for us? Here it is. Do not gather any goods or precious resources that can be stored up for yourselves where moths and rust destroy and thieves break in and steal. Now, I've labeled this first aspect of stewardship storage unit stewardship. And this is immediately what came to my mind. Kay and I, when we moved the last time, had to empty out our house to sell it. Have you ever had a realtor tell you you've got too much in your house? Well, that was Kay and I. And I went and I got two climate-controlled storage units and one unit that wasn't. 
Now, remember, we weren't living with any of our stuff. We were remodeling a house. We were down to the bare nub. But we had three storage units full of our stuff. It took me a year to get everything into the house. And when I was down to the last part, Kay said, what are you going to do? So on a December morning, cold and cool as it was, I unloaded the storage unit I was paying for, and I ended up unloading it into our garage, which then, by spring, became the basis for what happens to all of our junk, a great yard sale. Now, why do I say that to you? Because if we're going to realign our minds on treasure, can I just jump in and remind all of us of this truth? Jesus said it. Where your treasure is, where your stuff is, the things that we store up and keep, where our treasure is, our heart follows. Can I read it out of the message? It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be and end up being. Wow. If I'm going to realign my mind on, on treasure, on my stuff, the last thing I want to do is spend all of the rest of my life in a storage unit. Think about it. Do you want to live in a storage unit? Do you want to live? Would you put your bunk up in, in, a, in a 10 by 10 storage unit? No. No, that's not what we want. But guys, come on. We've got to realign our minds. We have to really think clearly about how easy it is to begin to hoard. Hoarding doesn't start out with a house full of stuff and one path to the bedroom. It starts when we begin to say, I need this or I need that. And Jesus is coming in and lovingly saying to the crowds, he's saying, beyond a shadow of a doubt, realign your mind. Storage unit stewardship is not God's desire for us because, now hang on to this, listen to this, where our treasure is, our heart will also be. Ultimately, God wants our treasure to be eternal. And that's why Jesus moves on to this next part. He's going to give another example of treasure realignment. And he writes, The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness. Now Jesus said that, and when he was talking to the crowds, immediately what came to my mind as I was studying was this next aspect of stewardship. I call it see the light stewardship. Now what is Jesus talking about? Uh, we're blessed to have uh, electricity, aren't we? I know. <laughs> Are you laughing? with me? You're like, pastor, have you lost your mind? Of course we have electricity. But you know, it really wasn't that long ago that our grandparents, great-grandparents were burning candles, had a few lights. I can remember in the Victorian house we owned, we had to pull out the knob and tube instead of breakers. 
Now, why is all of that important? In that day, all that they had were candles and lanterns. And Jesus was saying, now listen, this is crucial. He says, wherever our eyes go, our eyes are the light or the lamp into our heart and soul. Wow. Man, this, this is huge. Um, do you ever look at things that you want? Do you ever look at things you shouldn't look at? Do, do you ever get fixated in your eyes physically on things that begin to impact us spiritually? Jesus is saying, listen, we need a realignment of our treasure. And specifically what he's saying is this. In fact, I love how Paul wrote it. Paul said that our bodies are the temple of God. I want to admit to you, I want to confess to you this morning that I can struggle with things like food. I can get fixated on something I want to eat, like a wonderful burger with all of the fixings and the fries. But you know what the problem is? The older I get, the fewer calories I'm burning. But I, I get it in my mind. Or... Or how about this? I get it in my mind that I need something and I, I love buying a tool. I love getting a new tool. And I go to Home Depot at Christmas time when they've got all the bins of the, the, the specialized stuff for Black Friday. And I'm like, I need this and I need this. All of a sudden my eyes are fixated on things that I don't really need. But think about it this way. What about... What about lust? What about sexual desire? What about attitude? Now, again, I want you to really hone in on this. Jesus is saying that we need to realign our minds. And specifically, he's saying, never forget that your eyes are the spiritual lamp to the body. Not long ago, we had a tree fall on our garage. It took down the pole for the whole neighborhood. And in the winter, at 6 o'clock p.m., everyone was in the dark. Now, you know what I loved? My beautiful wife comes out of the bedroom and she had her headlamp on. <laughs> I love it. Kay, Kay's not a fan of the dark. And she walked out with her headlamp on. And I just started to laugh. But you know what? It was true. Immediately, my eyes went directly to her. Where are your eyes headed? Do you have a spiritual alignment for the focus of your thoughts? Are you... Are you more fixated on earthly things or are we fixated and focused on eternal things? Where our treasure is, that is where our heart will be. Now, why did I call this uh, See the Light Stewardship? Because I really believe the phrase, 
What you see is what you get. Please hear me on this. We live in a world today where we are bombarded by images. Social media, advertising, billboards, TV, cable, it doesn't matter. We're bombarded with images. And you know what these algorithms are designed to do? Draw us in. In fact, it's frightening. You can look at one thing on the internet and the algorithm knows that you did it. And immediately it's showing you images on the internet, on Facebook. It comes up in your phone, in your emails. Why is that? Because the world knows what Jesus taught is true. Where our treasure is, our heart will also be. And we need to realign our eyes. We need to realign what we're focused on spiritually because Jesus makes this clear. Now, please hang with me on this because this is crucial. Jesus makes it clear. If our eyes are healthy, then our heart's healthy and we're preparing for eternity with him. But if our eyes become full of darkness, the things of the world that don't matter, the, we all have struggles. We all, every one of us. It's a day of grace for every one of us. But I'm asking you right now, in your homes, as you're listening to this, in your cars, on the podcast, I'm asking you right now, see the light stewardship. Where's your, where are your eyes focused? What's your treasure? What are you looking at? What are you looking at that's beautiful? Because you know what Jesus said? If you're looking at beautiful things and focused on God's word, if you're focused on the relationships that God cares about in your life, if you're focused on him, if our eyes are fixed on him as the author and the perfecter of our faith, you know what he says? We're full of blessings. He can't wait to give his children blessings. But if we get focused on the things that we think are most important in this life, if we get focused on the things that we're using to try to medicate our lives, then what was in the beginning just a shadow actually becomes something that can become evil. Now, We've talked about storage unit stewardship. We've talked about see the light stewardship. But let's talk about servant-minded stewardship. Matthew 6, 24, Jesus closes this part out by saying no one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Servant-minded stewardship. Jesus does something very interesting here. Jesus talks about serving. But he doesn't in contrast to being a slave. Please, please do not allow yourself to be offended by the words of Jesus when we live in a society that is too overworded conscious. I want you to hear this. We're not talking about slavery. We're not talking about people that are enslaved. Jesus is saying we become slaves 
to whatever we are fixated on. Whatever treasure we store up, whatever treasure that our eyes are focused on, we can become a slave to those things. Now, it's clear. It's clear what Jesus does. Jesus does get to a moment where he, he tells us all this. You can't serve God and money. Now, why? Why did, why did he do that? Why didn't he say God and Satan or God and the devil? I'd have been a lot better with that one, right? Because I'm, I'm like, I don't serve Satan. I don't serve the devil. Wouldn't that have been easier for us? It would have for me. But he says money. And I really had to think through this. And I realized that the reason he's talking about a realignment of our servant-minded stewardship is because money touches all of us. It touches everything. It, in fact, my poor beautiful wife Kay, just two weeks ago, she ran over a tie-down rubber strap, ran over the hook. It resulted in four new tires and an alignment. I said to the guy, I said, can I just get one tire? He said, you have an all-wheel drive car. You've got to get all four to keep it all in balance and alignment. Oh, come on. You, you, you're brilliant, folks. You get this. Where, where are we out of alignment? We can have three spiritual tires in alignment, and one can be out, and it will, it will just change the whole direction that we're going with God. That's why he says, you, you can't serve God in money. I think this really came to light for me when I was talking to some good friends. Kay and I were at a conference with, with these beautiful people, Randy and Pam Spence, good friends. And we met up and we wanted to eat dinner together one night at the conference, and so we did, and we had a blast. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Randy and Pam said, we've been in, in California for a funeral of a friend, and sadly, while we were gone, we found out our house caught on fire, and we lost a lot of stuff. I said, well, did you go home? Have you been home? They said, we didn't have time to go home. We came right from California to the conference because we knew that was important. And they, they said something I'll never forget. After all, Drew, what could we do about what we lost? It'll all be there when we get home in a few days. And then you know what Randy said to me? He said, how are you? How's the church? Man, he gets it. He gets it. Storage unit stewardship? Man, realign the treasure. What are we trying to hoard or keep or buy more of that competes with our eternal focus? What about see the light stewardship? What are we looking at on TV or Netflix or images that come on our phone? What are we, what are we so focused on that we have to have or buy or need that it's in competition with the treasure that God has for us in heaven? Then what about servant-minded stewardship? What are we a slave to? We will be a slave to something. We will be a slave or a servant. Am I a slave to things that are, are distracting me 
in my walk with God. Oh, and you know what? I want you to know I struggle with that. I can, I, I'm like every human being. Only by God's grace can I walk in the direction that God wants me to go. I need his help to break the chains of this slavery. But you know what's so beautiful? You know what's so beautiful? Jesus says this. Where our treasure is, our heart will also be. Where my treasure is, my heart will follow. And you know what I love about this? I love the fact that I have a choice in how I invest for eternity. So, I want to give you this last insight before we close. I'm going to give you four choices. Because maybe by now you're thinking, Pastor, do I have to sell my house and do I have to go on the mission field? Not so fast. Not so fast. Let, let's use wisely what God has placed in our hands, okay? Let's talk about little giving. Little giving comes from the people who have so much to give, but they feel like if they give too much away, they won't have enough for themselves. They're not, a lot of times these people are nice people. They're good people, but they give little, and truly, they receive little. What about loyal giving? Loyal giving takes in all of our resources. It's how do we use our time for God's kingdom? Are we giving God his share of time? What about, what about our talents? Do you have talents that you can use for God in the church and the ministry of his kingdom? And, and also, what about this? What about your tithe? Jesus talks to us about tithing or giving our dedicated portion to him. We talk about the 10%. But you know, there's a third level that goes beyond the little and the loyal. It's the love giving. It, it's, I love God so much, I want to give. I want to give my time. I want to give my talents. And I want to give my tithe. I want to go beyond what Jesus expects. It's the parable of the talents. No matter what God has placed in your hands, are, are you in love with God, focused on him? It's not about our, our, our storage unit. It's, it's not about the, uh, just simply the light or the lantern of our eyes. It's truly about servant giving. And then there's a fourth option, lavish giving lavish giving when was the last time that you realigned your mind to give lavishly to god now listen here's what i want us to understand it's time to realign our minds and think differently about our treasure so here is how i want to close this message today I want you in just a moment to totally focus on God. In fact, I don't know if you've been watching, but I got this little uh, lantern for Father's Day, and we're going to try something that's very unique to help us remember that as soon as this message is over, it's time to go out, and it's time to be the stewards 
of the treasure that God has given to us. Let's try this. Right now, if you think your screen is dark, but you only hear my voice, do not adjust your TV or your phone. This is intentional. Now, I told you I got this little doodad for Father's Day, and I love it. Watch this. Now, can you see me? In fact, what happened? You were immediately attracted to the light. Right now, I want to pray for us. I want to pray that we will fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. I want to pray that we will go out of here and begin to ask God to help us realign our treasure. We're not going to hoard and try to fill up the storage unit or all the closets at the house. We're, we're going to choose to let our eyes be the lamp to our heart and soul in such a way that God can bless us because our focus is on him. And we're going to take this light and we're going to go out into the world, a dark world, and we're going to serve because we want God to help us realign our treasure, realign our minds, and focus on him. Let's pray. God, it's been a great message. I am, I'm excited, I'm convicted, <laughs> I'm blessed, I'm, I'm your child, and so are these beautiful people online. Help us to refocus on you, realign our minds so that we will be pleasing to you. And God, it's hard in a world that is so easy to be distracted in. But God, we're asking for your help. We're asking that you literally give us the power through your spirit to break the chains of slavery to the things that are keeping us so earthly-minded that we can't see the beauty of heaven. Walk with us and help us to let our treasure be pleasing to you. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. I love you so much. You're awesome. I can't wait to see you. Turn on the light, empty out the closets and the storage units, and let's serve in a way that pleases God. And we ask this in Jesus' name for his glory and honor. I'll see you soon. Hey, friends, thanks for listening. And if you want to be a part of our e-family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below and you can check us out on our YouTube page. You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners and together we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast and also thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ.